Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. I want to start off the conversation and maybe just talk to you, uh, uh, Doc and Kirby here for a sec. Um, what is it like right now to be black in America? You know, can you talk to that a little bit? Um, I think it's frustrating. I find it very frustrating. Um, it's kind of like walking with a target on your back. You have to be overly aware of the things that you do that other people don't think twice about, like sitting in a coffee shop waiting for your friends to come. You have to be, you know, overly friendly just to show that you aren't a threat. I know as um, a black female, <laughs> you have I have to be aware of how I respond to situations because I don't want to be the typical angry, you know, black female that we get that stereotype of. So it's kind of just being more aware and um, it's just frustrating that I have to think overly things um, and being overly cautious of everyday activities. Um, I would definitely agree with her on that uh, on that topic. Um, I feel like a lot of times we have to alter uh, like our lifestyle in certain situations. Um, I know with me, as far as like when I get pulled over by police officers, um, instead of me keeping my paperwork in the glove department because I don't want them ever thinking that I'm reaching for anything, I kind of keep it, you know, in my uh, visor because I want them to always see like. All, all like all my movements while I'm getting pulled over or anything like that because they take, um, say if I get stopped, pulled over for not stopping at the stop sign, a lot of times with my what I experienced, they take that to a whole nother level. You would have thought I would have robbed a bank or something like that. But I feel like that's um that's like one of my uh, biggest fears is when I'm getting pulled over. And also kind of an annoying thing is like dealing with the different um, stereotypes um, like one time I was at a restaurant and I think I ordered like a burger or something and the lady was like, you want some hot sauce? I'm like, no, nah, I don't need hot sauce for my burger or anything. Like she's like, you sure? Like all black people like hot sauce. I'm like, wow. I like hot sauce, but my pastor pits hot sauce and everything. Like <laughs> kind of just, you know, silly with a certain like stereotypes that come along with it. That's kind of annoying. Wow. And Sam, you kind of represent the Hispanic community. Um, what's it like to be Hispanic in this world today? Like going along with what Doc and Kirby said, it's very frustrating um, with like uh, getting pulled over and stuff, having to be aware of your surroundings, uh, not leaving anything in the glove compartment because uh, they could mistake it as a weapon of some sort and drugs. And um, yeah, like just being aware of that. And you know, everybody's kind of statement is like, you know, racism is dead and it's, it's no longer here, but I think it's obvious it's not, you know, and there is some, some things underneath the surface. What, what types of racism do you, you guys see today? Um, matter of fact, uh, I want to say about a month ago, I had a concert out in uh, Pittsburgh and a group of my friends, like we all went to a restaurant and uh, my friend Scott, he's white, and he was he was standing behind us, but he was on the phone. So when we walked in, the host, you can tell like her whole attitude just completely changed. 
and she did not want us at the restaurant. So she totally ignored that we was even there. She didn't say hello. She didn't say how many guys in your party, this, that, and the third. She just literally just like act like we weren't there. So it was another group that walked behind us, and they were all white. And she was she was happy. She was like, hey, how many how many people are in your party, this, that, and the third? So I'm like looking around like, is this really happening? Is this is this is for real? This is serious? So automatically, of course, I got upset, and uh, my friend Scott, he got off the phone. He knew, he kind of like, you know, what's going on? And we told him what's going on. So he said, give me like five seconds. Um, come to find out, he actually knew the owner. And so the owner had came over, he made us comfortable, and he kind of apologized what was going on, and let us, like, he let us know, like, in this area, there's a lot of people that are still racist. And I was just like, this is crazy, man. Like, you know, I've never really experienced anything like that like just that bold and kind of just like in a major city. So it was kind of like, you know, weird and a weird experience and kind of really like frustrating. Cause I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm here in this city. I'm trying to do the right thing, trying to do good and feel like, you know, being disrespected just because of the color of my skin. Absolutely. And I think, you know, sometimes we even think, oh, it's down South or, oh, it's in the suburbs. No. This is our this is our backyard. This is Rittenhouse Square. Yeah. Like, come on, this is Philadelphia. Um, what what about you, Kirby? What what do you you see? Um, I've had like I've gone into stores and no greeting or anything, but then someone will come up right behind them and it'll say like, "Oh well, you know, we have deals for the day and thanks for coming." And I'm just sitting here like, I want a deal. Like, I'll <laughs> I want to have off on my jeans, Hook a too. sister up. Come on. Right. So I've had that, too. And, you know, that's here in Philly. But, you know, again, you have to be cautious of how you respond. So I just simply, you know, walk out. But in my head, I put it like, okay, maybe God is telling me, like, today is just not your day to spend your money. Like, just go ahead. And so, um, but as a teacher, I pay a lot of attention to how kids are being treated. So I know that there are like there were girls down south who couldn't walk at graduation because they had braids in their hair. And it was you have to take your braids out or you don't walk. And they decided that they just weren't going to walk. Or a kid um, applied to many Ivy League schools and actually got into all of them. And a news reporter called them ignorant just for applying to the schools. And it's like, why would you apply to that many schools? And I'm like, well, he didn't know he was going to get into every Ivy League school that he applied to. And so um, just being aware of that is just crazy to me how it is still present day. Like, I know if you ask my mom, she remembers when there was a white water fountain and a colored water fountain. And I'm like, it really wasn't that long ago and it's still continuing. It's not as bold, uh, it's becoming bolder, but it wasn't as um, in your face as it was before. And Sam, you're going to high school, you know, this is the last year, so you're in the school room. What do you, what do you see at the school on that level? Uh, yeah, uh, well, where I'm from, there's like a lot of drugs and all that, and it's predominantly Latinas in the area. So um, our school does like random like drug test things where dogs come in and sniff out any drugs and stuff like that. And um, there's people I know, other Latinos, that get uh, like searched first because of how they look and I know like they're one of the smartest people in the school they don't do anything and um, yeah so that just uh, that's a big issue there and um, 
Yeah, uh, and like in gym, per se, um, people would ask me if I could play soccer. <laughs> Can you play soccer? I cannot play soccer. <laughs> Get that out of the way. Yeah. And yeah, so it's just... Yeah. I think we're all talking to our stereotypes, you know? And if you don't understand, if you're not on that level of knowing and asking questions like this is very eye-opening you know because i don't i don't ever think about it when i get pulled over i pull up in the glove box i get up my things out i don't ever think oh i need to keep this stuff visible like that's not an issue you know and so i think as we get aware then we're more aware to help change it you know what i mean and and be um just aware of our surroundings and what what is really going on uh, kirby can you talk to even raising a child you have a young boy raising him in, in this culture, in this society, as things are going on all around. As a parent, how do you handle that? How are you, you know, are you, how, how do you even go about that? Yeah, so my son is five, about to be six. Um, I'm terrified of having that conversation one day. Like having, the thought of having to have the conversation that people are gonna judge you just because of your color, Aiden is very charismatic, so he's like, everyone is his friend. And to have to explain to him that um, people are gonna judge him just from seeing him from afar, mm -hmm. I'm terrified of having that conversation with him. So when I watch the news now, I make sure that he's not with me, just because I'm personally not prepared to have that conversation with him. I want to protect his innocence as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Even with my kids that I teach or that I come in contact with, um, I call them my kids because raising them in this world, they're such a diverse group and I don't want to be the person to change or alter how they think about other people or how they look at other people. Okay. So my raising them, even though they're my students, <laughs> um, is to look at a person as who they are, like, and will say, oh, my teacher is white, because around this age, they're starting to realize that my color is different from your color. And it's no, yes, they are different, but your teacher's name is this. Mm -hmm. Your friend's name is this. You're not looking at the person's color or um, you're looking at how they treat you, and that's how you treat them. God called us to treat everyone how you would want to be treated. So would you like if someone did that, regardless of who, what their color is, it's how do you want to be treated? Mm. If you want people to respect you, you give respect to everybody, mm. and that's it. That is so good. And I think, you know, kids see what we do. They hear what we say, but they follow what we do. And I think that's huge as parents, uh, just, just be aware that we are training our children by how we act. Absolutely. You know? Even with... Um, I have kids who are scared of police because of their parents. You've, you're four, you've never been pulled over, you've never, like nothing's ever happened to you, like you're four, but they're terrified. And so with Aiden, I'm, when we see police out, it's, oh, well, go say hi. And he'll say, I don't know him, he's a stranger. And I'm like, but he's, he's a good person. So it's like just teaching him now that not, you don't have to be afraid of police officers. They are people like you, you speak to them and they'll speak to you. You give the respect and then you'll get the respect. That's so good. Um, Doc, can you talk to some of the obstacles and even talk to some of the fears um, that you, or fears or concerns you raised in West Philly, you know, and so growing up as a black male, like what, what did that look like for you and what are some of the things that you have today 
based on maybe some things that you saw or experienced as a child growing up? I would say um, today, um, I think I always have to be, you know, mindful. I also be, have to be uh, mindful in a lot of, uh, you know, situations, especially like in the work field. Like, kind of like I always have to walk that, that narrow line. Um, I know there's not a lot of room for mistakes because of, uh, because of the culture that I'm in. So it's just kind of like, you know, kind of like adapting and trying to, you know, make change at the same time. That's huge. Hello? No, that's huge. And, you know, um, we always say here, you know, at Change, we're, we're doing life together. And that's not just something we say, it's something we do, you know. And I don't even think we think about it, you know, because when you guys, like, we've been friends for a while. And so when you came on the team, it was like, yeah, we're best friends. Like, I don't even have those thoughts in my mind. Um, but I think it is being intentional about setting an environment where we do life together, you know, because maybe it's unintentionally done or ignorant even because, hey, let's be honest, some of us are ignorant on issues, you know, and we don't, we don't understand, we don't have empathy for somebody, and so we, we treat them with ignorance, you know, because I, I don't understand where you come from, so I'm just talking and making jokes, and it might rub you wrong, but I, I don't even think about it. So how has changed, because you said, you know, I don't feel anything here, but how do we create that environment, or maybe even talk to um, some of the ways that you've seen somebody step in and help in that situation where you might feel like the outsider coming in on an insider situation. And outside and inside, like when Jesus came in, Gentiles weren't the outside group, but the Jews had created an inside culture. And so wherever you go, intentionally or not intentionally, there's always an outside group to the inside group. And I think being aware of that and looking around saying, am I on the inside or am I on the outside? You know, I was at an event um, just a while ago, and it was 99.9%, you know, black, and I was, like, the one guy that was white came in. Because I, you know, my friend was, he invited me in, and I remember feeling that, of just, like, everybody turning their back and not making eye contact. Um, but as soon as he he said, hey, this is my boy Lige, and he does my video, blah, 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 all of a sudden it was like, oh, yo, man, what's up? You in? And it was like... Oh, okay, yeah, cool. But it's like he intentionally did that. So how do we do that? How do we create that culture here at Change, you know, and, and help the world? Um, me personally, I feel like, oh, thanks, can you hear me? <laughs> um, me personally, I think here I feel family when I come in. I have the the eye contact and the smiling faces and the hugs that make me feel comfortable and wanted. I don't feel out of place or, oh man, am I the only black person in church today? Like, I don't feel that at all um, because us as a culture, we have instilled and we've shown, you know, we made the pathway to bring people into conversation to understand that, oh, well, this person may be in the outside group. And of course you don't think, oh, inside, outside, you think, oh, I'm uncomfortable, right. or that person is uncomfortable. So okay. we kind of, here at church, I feel like we pay attention to anyone who is feeling uncomfortable and make them feel comfortable on purpose. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I would totally agree with that. Um, I believe the culture here is totally different. 
Um, even in this very moment, um, you don't often see this even in churches, uh, how we're able to come to a table and talk about this discussion openly and try to get some type of understanding uh, culture-wise on both sides. Um, so uh, I think this is a huge moment and <laughs> for, this, uh, for the culture and for the church here at Change. Uh, go along with what Kirby said. Something I see in this like church is that we're family. We know how to show love. So um, I, I just love that because we don't see what's on the outside. We look through to see what's on the inside. So I, I just love that about our family and like because we're all brothers and sisters here. And um, yeah. Totally. Um, can you talk to, uh, you said in the first experience how you need to see my color. Can you talk to that a little bit? Because I think that would be huge. And I think if we could all change something in our heart, I think it is empathy. But talk to that because a lot of us are like, oh, I don't see color, you know. I hate that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I hate the phrase of I don't see color. Um, and I know the guy spoke on that at the conference that you guys went to this week. Um, he basically said that when you say, I don't see color, you're basically ignoring everything that the person just said to you. And by saying, I don't see color, it's like, no, I need you to see that I'm a black female and this is how I feel on this situation. He needs you to see that he is a black male so that you can understand that whatever is going on, it's hitting him personally. And you know, it just goes around the board. Like even with Caucasian white people, <laughs> even with white people, there are things that you guys deal with that we have no idea and we think we know or we assume, you know, that we know what's going on or that you have it all together, but there are things that you guys go through that we don't know. So it's, I need to see that you're a white male and I need to not just see it, but I need to understand where you're coming from. So when we have conversation, I'm not listening to you to respond, to automatically say, okay, well that's how you feel, but I feel like this. I'm listening to you to understand where you're coming from in this situation, and I'm praying that you're listening to understand where I'm coming from in the same thing. And I just wanna, I wanna talk about Jesus because Jesus, when he came in, he saw the divide. The Jewish people were the in-group, and they were just like all about what they were doing. They felt like they were the chosen ones. And when Jesus came in, he didn't just see the issue. He spoke to it. He said, this isn't right. No, no, I didn't just come for Jews. I came for Gentiles as well. In fact, there was a lot of times that he would leave the Jews to go to the Gentiles. To bring them in. And a lot of times when judgment was thrown, he would be the one to stand right in the way and say, hey, if y'all got issues that aren't sin, go ahead and cast the stone. But we're all on the same plane here. In fact, there's a scripture in Colossians, um, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 7, and it says, you used to walk in these ways. You used to be like that. You used to have those thoughts. You used to have those prejudices. You used to have those biases. You used to have those things that you carried and you thought about and you looked at people differently. He said, but in, in the life you once lived, but now, everybody say, but now. And I think we're living in a but now right now. 
we might have come in this room with some different thoughts or different opinions, and maybe you, you're, you're you know, one of those that is like ignorant to it, and it's not bad, but once you know, you have responsibility now. And so he said, you, you used to live like that in your old life. He said, but in the life that you used to live, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. In verse 10, he says, and put on the new self. Put on your new self, your new thinking. There's no anger. There's no malice. There's no wrong intention. But there, there's a sense of, I am new. And I got something to do, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. And verse 11 says, here, everybody say here. You know where here is? Here is wherever you are. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. So it might have used to been like that, but here, no longer. Wherever we go, it's not happening anymore. And let me just unapologetically make a statement as change because, you know, we're, we're, we're totally a church of conversations, not statements. But let me just make a statement real quick of how we stand as a church because these are issues that we can't be silent on, and we will be a church that will stand up and make make a, a, a statement, make make us stand up and protect those that are being afflicted. Whoever it is, I don't care if it's race, I don't care if it's demographic, I don't care if it's belief, I don't care if it's how they're raised, I don't care what the issue is. It might be a gender issue, it might be what somebody has been dealing with all their life. I don't care what it is, but as change, we will stand up for those that have been afflicted because that's what Jesus calls us to do. Amen? That's what Jesus calls us to do. He came to change things. And so, yeah, we might have thought that way at one time, and we might have had that in our brain and in our heart, but, man, today, let's take a moment. I'd love to take a moment and just take uh, an inventory of our heart. Can we do that? Because I, I, don't, I don't know, you know, sometimes we carry around things without even knowing it. And we, we carry a, a sense of, of fear, maybe ignorance. A, and so every situation we walk into, we have that on our brains or in our minds. And so today I would love to just spend a couple moments and just look inward and say, all right, God, is there anything on the, the inside that I need to change? I, is there anything of my old self that's hanging on? But I need to change in order to have a here now. Am I living there or am I living here now? No more of this. Here now. Can we take a moment and can you just close your eyes and maybe even lift up your hands if you feel comfortable and say, Jesus, will you show me? Show me things in my heart that aren't right. Show me things that I need to change because you all know change starts in here. It starts in us. We can't look outwards. we got to look in first. So can you just pray, God, would you show us today? Show us some things that might be off in us and help us to handle this right so that we can help change the world and change our environment.
that wherever we go, we create a here now, and we stand up for what's right. We stand up for those that are oppressed. We stand up for those that might feel on the outside. God, we stand up for that, and we say, absolutely not on our watch. And Jesus, help us to carry your love and your compassion, because that's why we're here, is to show the grace and mercy that we've been shown. And so God, help us to forgive. Help us to forgive. Help us to move past. Help us to work through. Not just move past. Help us to work through. Help us to have those conversations and understand and gain empathy. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for all that you are. You're amazing, God. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.